Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and we are looking at the prayer, uh, topic of prayer today. And after Amen, what do you do when you're waiting on God? And we're talking about sharing the last 10%. Yesterday, we kind of laid the foundation for this program, and if you missed it, hope that uh, you'll later today maybe catch up uh, the podcast of that program. We have podcasts available wherever you listen to. We're on all the platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. Uh, we even have a YouTube channel to simply type in Hope is Here. and uh, My name, uh, Greg Horn, uh, for the YouTube. And hope you'll subscribe. And if you've been blessed uh, by the program, hope that you'll share a comment. It just uh, is really encouraging to us and uh, helps other people find us, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But yesterday, we just talked about sharing that last 10%, and one of the reasons we don't is because uh, people get offended sometimes. And I just shared that, you know, sometimes I struggle with sharing the last 10%, because when I have, people have gotten really offended. And I have found that usually in anything, when somebody shares that last 10%, maybe it's not 100% true, maybe it's 80%. Uh, maybe it's 50%, maybe it's only even 10%, but there's always usually a nugget of truth in that that we need to uh, maybe listen to and learn from. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, God's a big fan of honesty. I mean, <laughs> one of the top 10, the Ten Commandments, right, was thou shalt not lie. And I think we'd all agree today that being able to trust one another is really crucial to any relationship. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's James chapter 5, verse 16. And, you know, friends, there's so much freedom when we confess people, but to people uh, and mainly to God first and foremost. But the thing I want to ask you today is, are you a safe place? And we talked about that yesterday. Can people share the last 10% with you? And yet, I want to encourage you to, to, to be honest and confess it, even if somebody doesn't get the, the, give you the response that you would hope. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, righteous simply implies that our unconfessed sin can break down our connection with God. we got to ask you today, is there anything between you and God that might be separating you from Him? And your prayers. The word effective is a confession that is put into action, not just in word alone, but also in deed. <clears throat> and so I want to pray this week that we do the next right thing, but we also must not miss the first part of when we're praying is that we just have to come clean sometimes, friends. We got to be honest and we got to share that last 10%. I love this quote by Mother Teresa. She says, honesty and transparency make you vulnerable, but be honest and transparent anyway. I love Thomas Jefferson. He says, honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. You know, Jesus tells that story about two men going to pray. And, uh, you know, one of them was a, a Pharisee, you know, a rule keeper, law-abiding, kind of a morality policing type of person. And he uh, stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. 
Then the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I love, though, what Jesus does. He drops a truth bomb in verse 14 of Luke chapter 18, which is where the story is in the Bible. Jesus says, I tell you this, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the Pharisee left with his arrogance, and the tax collector left with God's grace. I mean, the contrast is pretty evident, isn't it? One is humble, the other one's not. The tax collector prays to God while the Pharisee seems to pray to himself. The Pharisee doesn't even ask for anything, but just reports how good he's been. And the tax collector, on the other hand, stands at a distance, recognizing his own unworthiness before God. He refuses to assume the normal posture of Jewish prayer, standing looking up to heaven. Rather, he bows humbly, and he averts his gaze, and he begs for mercy. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In fact, in the original Greek, it actually reads, God, have mercy on me, the sinner. It's just interesting there how the Pharisee promoted himself as the righteous person and the tax collector admits to being the sinner. And so I want to encourage you today, friends, that the one who receives mercy from God is the one that just comes clean. In fact, I'd say, you know, his honesty was even seen as righteousness. After all, according to Paul, there is no one that's righteous, right? But when we pray, our ability to share the last 10% is not only healing for our souls, but it also is music to God's ears. The fact, I believe, is that Jesus is drawn to honesty, friends. Jesus is drawn to honesty. A lot of you know that story out of the Sea of Galilee where Jesus was asleep on the boat and you know, they were out there on the Sea of Galilee, and I used to think it was this massive body of water until I was fortunate enough to go to the Holy Land. Before, I thought it was like something like the Mediterranean Sea or Lake Michigan, you know, but it's actually the Sea of Galilee is pretty small. Uh, you can see to the other side at most points, uh, at most, most spots there, and based on where it sits between hills and mountains and based on the type of weather, uh, it is prone to see at times. Uh, storms can just come up frequently and often without a warning, just out of nowhere. And let's face it, back then the type of boats that they had were hardly the kind to withstand any kind of heavy weather. But they're asleep on the boat and things are calm and so Jesus is asleep and uh, you know he's obviously been tired and uh, just all that he's been doing, healing people and speaking and uh, he gets in that deep REM sleep, that REM sleep that's so sweet that he doesn't even wake up when this storm starts. The disciples reach a point, though, uh, that they were in fear. And I want to remind you, a lot of these disciples uh, had grown up as fishermen by trade, so a storm to them uh, would be something of significance if it caused them to panic. I mean, they start to bail water, they're shouting orders, they're trying to set the sail correctly, and then they look over at Jesus, and he's sound asleep. <laughs> Oh, so eventually, of course, they wake him up and uh, said, Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to dry, drown? Oh, you imagine that? That storm's going on, Jesus sleeping, they wake him up, and Mark chapter 4, verse 38, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? 
They don't wake him up with, hey, Jesus, can you calm the storm? Or, hey, Jesus, can you perform one of the miracles and fix this? You know, help us out here so our boat doesn't flood. And, you know, it's, it's funny. They say nothing about Jesus' ability to fix their problem, but they say everything about Jesus' concern about their problem. We'll say it again. What they say here in this story is, you know, nothing about Jesus' ability to fix the problem, but everything is, is the concern about their problem. I mean, they ask, you know, don't you care? And, I mean, sometimes if I'm honest, uh, if you're honest today, I think, uh, you know, we, we want to know, does Jesus care? I mean, you know, come on, God, it's been six months and I can't find a job. Don't you care? God, uh, I mean, man, she's been through three rounds of chemotherapy and the cancer keeps coming back. Don't you care? God, we've tried for years to get pregnant. Don't you care? Friends, I want to remind you today, Jesus is not offended. Jesus does not roll over and go back to sleep. Jesus is drawn to honesty, and Jesus leans in for the last 10%. Another time a guy came to Jesus for healing for his son in Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 24. And because of time, I can't share all that, but hope you'll look it up. But basically his son was just being uh, possessed by demons and um, just it would throw him violently to the ground when these spirits would get him and he had asked the disciples to cast it out but they couldn't do it and so jesus said to them you know you, you faithless people how long must i be with you how much long should i put up with this bring the boy to me and so when they brought it to jesus uh all of a sudden you know the child went into a violent convulsion and fell to the ground and uh was just writhing and foaming at the mouth and so jesus asked the boy's father how long has this been happening his father replied hey since he was a little boy sometimes even this spirit will, will cause him to throw him into a fire or even into water trying to kill him and he just asked jesus have mercy on us and help us if you can i love jesus response in mark chapter 9 verse 23 what do you mean if i can Anything is possible if a person believes. And friends, I just I, I love that though that the father was, you know, he was just honest. If you can, but it goes on into verse twenty four, and he says to Jesus, the father just instantly cried out, "I do believe, but help me overcome my belief." My goodness, you talk about sharing the last ten percent. I mean, that's beautiful, friends. I mean, this guy's right in the presence of Jesus, and he just flat out admit, okay, you know, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief in the situation with my son. And he's basically saying, you know, I believe as much as I can, but help me with what's missing. So what do you do today when you're waiting on God? I want to encourage you just to get real, to be honest. And share your last 10%, just like this father did about his son that he was so concerned about and nothing was seeming to help. But, you know, I think we all fear that, you know, if we're too direct, maybe we're showing disrespect to God or Jesus, and we fear if we're too aggressive, maybe this will scare him off. We fear if we cut to the chase and skip the small talk, maybe it would even seem too transactional. But, you know, friends, it's clear that while Jesus does bristle at our selfish demands, he also is drawn to our vulnerable 
honesty. I'll say it again. Yes, Jesus can bristle at our selfish demands, but Jesus is drawn to our vulnerability and our honesty. And Jesus knows what many of us takes years to be convinced of. Our secrets make us sick. Say it again, our secrets make us sick. Brene Brown says, you know, you put shame in a Petri dish and it needs three things to grow. Secrecy, silence, judgment. Without these three realities, shame cannot survive. Max Lucado in his book, Anxious for Nothing, says, Specific prayer is helpful to relieve the burden of people's anxiety. When we come clean and we get specific, it's as if we bring the huge worrisome issue down to a manageable size. Then I love this quote by Rick Warren. I heard it many, many years ago, and it's just so true, friends. Problems grow in the dark, and they become bigger and bigger. But when you expose them to the light of truth, they shrink. You're only as sick as your secrets. So take off your mask, stop pretending you're perfect, and walk into freedom. So I want to ask you today, friends, so what's your last 10% with God? Are you saying, you know, God, I'm scared. God, I'm hurt. God, I'm anxious today. God, I'm hiding. God, I just feel so alone. Or God, I'm done. Friends, while you wait to come out of the shadows, come clean and share the last 10%, when you do it, God can take it and he cares. I love 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. One of my favorite verses says, Cast all your burdens, shame, guilt, and anxiety on God because he cares for you. And I want to encourage you today with this quote by Carl Bard. Although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start now and make a brand new ending. But it all starts, friends, with sharing the last 10%. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope is here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Feeling a little blue this holiday season? Struggling with depression or anxiety? Feeling a little hopeless? Join Greg Horn, Stacy McDonald, and other mental health advocates in Lexington on Saturday, December 2nd for the State of Mind Gospel of Mental Health Conference as they share on how you can go from hopeless to hopeful. To register and find out more information, go online at thegospelofmentalhealth.org. That's thegospelofmentalhealth.org.